Hello, welcome to the next exclusive episode of the TNC podcast. What a blooming pleasure it is to be with this guy today on the podcast. One of the elite members of that historic Norwich side that did the double bounce back to the Premier League, all the way from League One, of course, played, quite frankly, the best through ball in the history of Norwich City Football Club. We are joined by the one and only David Fox. David, firstly, thank you so much for coming on. How's things with you? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, all, all good. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to it. And yeah, like I say, thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Looking forward to reminiscing, I hope, of course. <laughs> David, just tell um, the audience, first of all, what, what are you up to now? Is it is it the Manchester United under-23s, did you mention to me? Um, I did. I've done a bit of um, stuff with MUTV um, recently. So just uh, they've been playing Norwich, the 23s, and obviously they played Norwich again in the Youth Cup. So I had a little bit of a sort of foot in both camps really so I think that's why they got me on so I did, did a little bit of MUTV stuff which I enjoyed and doing a bit of this bit of that really I, I moved left Plymouth in the summer um, playing wise and um, yeah just trying to trying to see what happens really trying to find sort of a new career now so yeah it's it's interesting it's exciting but yeah it's it's good it's gonna say exciting times how have you found the switch to media because they always say as a player you find it difficult to actually criticise players because you're like actually you know what I know why he did that I know why he made that mistake have you found the switch to to media difficult particularly if you are covering um, you know not the first team squad you're, you're, you're covering the development side of the Manchester United team at the moment um, how have you found that transition? Yeah it's, it's been good I've really enjoyed it to be honest I didn't think it was and it's, it's probably it's not something I'm going to pursue and try and get into you know every week but you know the odd bits here and there I, I do really enjoy it get to you get to work with some good people you get to watch games and yeah it's good and especially like you say watching the the reserve team and the youth teams and sort of brings back memories of when you were that age and the sort of the start of a journey and it's, it's great it's great to watch and there's some good players you know I've watched a couple of games now and there's some good players and see what happens to them but yeah it's something I enjoyed I, I enjoy doing it and whether I'm any good at it or not I don't know but it's, 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 it's good I, I do enjoy it David, speaking of that age, let's go. Let's go back to that age. So, of course, in the early part of your career, you were actually at Manchester United, which is just phenomenal. Mm. I, I want to know kind of what that felt like. And I've seen a an absolutely cracking picture of you and Gerard Piquet. And did you know he was going to go to the top? And, and and what was it like being kind of in and around that that squad at that time at Manchester United? Yeah, it was it was class. It's it's exactly where you know I feel I feel very lucky. I feel very privilege that I was there at that time as well you know they were there was world-class players there and you know the, the the class of 92 were probably in their prime wow so yeah it was great I was there joined in full-time in 2000 and left in 2006 so I had, I had a good few years there and like I say you know the the Beckhams the Scholes is Roy Keane all these lot and then Ronaldo came in <sighs> you know I, I feel yeah and, and it's you know I, did, I never got to play for the first team in any games any any competitive games. I played a few pre-season games, but just being around the place, I feel like I, I was able to get a career in the game because of the, the time I spent there and the, the things you pick up from from those players is, is invaluable, really. You know, the, the standards that they set every day, it's something you try and try and do yourself. And yeah, it was, it was great. I loved it. And yeah, I, was, I feel very, very fortunate that I, I, I did my 
sort of my YTS, my youth team stuff at that club. And with regards to Gerard Pique, I don't think anyone sort of could see that he was going to go on and do what he did. I think, you know, he's had an unbelievable career and yeah, he was sort of just playing in the reserves and next thing you know, he's, he's picking up Champions Leagues and oh, incredible. marrying, marrying Shakira, so he's done all right, yeah. <laughs> David, what's, you speak of the class of 92, of course, and, you know, that that era at United, you know, where are you sort of like rubbing shoulders with these players, you know, what, you know, were you cleaning their boots? What was the sort of vibe? Yeah, you were, yeah. It was very, it was really good in terms of the interaction with the first team and the youth team were all, there was, we moved into the new training complex literally not after not long after it was built, um, the one at Carrington, um, and, and the, the, they had a big, they put a big emphasis on making sure all the the first team, the youth team, the reserves were all in the all changed in the same sort of corridor, all mingled, all interacted with each other. So you felt part of part of the club, really. And you know, you were you were walking past these players all the time, and they they get to know you, and it was it was a good. It was really good from that aspect, um, you know, in terms of your interaction with these players and then they'd come and play reserve games. It's not like these days where, you know, you, you don't really have a reserve team. Back, back then, you know, a lot of the big hitters would, if they're not playing, they were playing the reserves and you get to play alongside them in, in a game. And it, it was great. It, you, you can't help but learn from these, these lads. And the, the, not only were they unbelievable players, but it was just their attitude, their work rates, their you know they 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 made it to the very very top because of their attitudes and their their desire really you know as, as more than more than anything else absolutely brilliant and of course we'll we'll get onto Norwich City very soon but just slightly before Norwich now David let's talk about Colchester United because the super interesting thing is, of course, you made your debut for Colu against Norwich in what I can only describe as the most crushing defeat I've ever witnessed as a fan. You literally made me cry that day. In fact, I might end this call now. <laughs> um, what was it? I, I really, I, there's so many things like, but there's so many different avenues we could go down here. But what was it like? Just the emotion of that day and being a part of it. And were we really that shit? No, no, definitely not. Um, no, we're not that shit, not at all. Um, it was, it was a weird, weird game. It was a weird afternoon. Um, one, you know, probably the one of the standout games in my career. Really, it just, it just had absolutely everything. Um, you know, making you're making your debut for a for your new club, and you know, you go and win seven one away from home against a team like Norwich. It was, it was something else. It really was. But I think. What the good thing for us was, it was Norwich at that time were the biggest. They were the biggest team in the league. You know, to, for them to have found themselves in League One, they should never have been there. So it was everyone's cup final, really. You know, you probably saw that yourself when you know teams are going there to Carrow Road. It was that you know it was the best stadium, the best atmosphere, everything. So we had when once the fixtures come out, we knew we had a good month, and that's all we focused on for that month was that game. You know, we basically spent our whole pre-season working on how we were going to play against Norwich. Wow. And yeah, so that's that's sort of how it worked out really and we had a we had a good way of playing and we sort of sat back and tried to hit hit Norwich on the break and everything sort of just seemed to come together and that that first half of football, you know, was unbelievable. It was 5-0 at half time. People were throwing season tickets on the pitch. <laughs> it, it was it was just 
it was just crazy. But I do, I do remember we we could have Norwich battered us first twenty minutes, which is sounds mad, really. But honestly, we we were under the cosh. Had a few chances. I remember. I think Chrissy Martin just put one wide. We were yeah, we were under a bit of pressure first twenty. And Norwich come out and played really well, and then all of a sudden, just I don't know, the, the keeper forgot to put his gloves on, and <laughs> it was it, it was it was five nil before you knew it, and yeah, that was a, a very very strange afternoon and yeah it was and obviously that had, that had massive consequences probably it was probably the turning point of the club really because from then on appointing Paul Lambert a couple of weeks later and you know it's probably as low as they got and it's probably a blessing in some ways because you know the fact that they went on to get back to back and sort of catapulted the, the way up the leagues after that it was it was probably as daft as it sounds probably the best thing that could have happened really it's strange because I, I totally agree with you and, and it was arguably one of the most <laughs> important games for, for your crew as well David because I'm really interested to know like when Lambert of course got prized away from Colchester to Norwich mm-hmm. did you mm-hmm. did you have a sneaky suspicion that he'd end up taking you to Norwich and, and how, how did that work from your point of view yeah I was I was I was gutted when he left um, because I'd he'd, he'd signed me in the summer and I'd had a pre-season at Colchester and we had quite a few midfielders at that point so I wasn't sure if I was going to start and he, he, he put me in the first game and I scored the free kick at Norwich um, so I was buzzing with that and then he rested me the next game in the cup and then we played a league game on the Saturday and I scored again so I scored two and two which was like ridiculous I never ever did that again <laughs> do you know what I mean it was just it was just pure flute I scored an, another good goal as well on the the following Saturday so so I'd and then and then he left on the on the Sunday so I'd only played two games under him for Colchester but I'd scored two goals and I'd played well in both matches so I was gutted because I was I was thinking you know this could be really good for me here with with under Paul Lambert and the way the way he played was playing at Colchester. The way he because he played my position, you see, so that made it that made it. He was great for me in terms of like he was always talking to me about what to do and where to be. And but I, yeah, I was I was gutted when he left because I thought that was me. And then Ad Boothroyd come in, and I was just not an Ad Boothroyd player. I was I was nowhere near tall enough or strong enough to to play for Ad Boothroyd's team. So I I I didn't really play much for Colchester after that. Um, so I was, I was, I was struggling, and then fortunately for me, yeah, he, he came in and he came in and got me. But I think it was. Um, Did you feel guilty for leaving Colchester, David? No, I, they 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 wanted me out. They they wanted me out. I was I wasn't getting a sniff, and they were they were happy for me to leave. They wanted me. They I was going to go somewhere up north. Um, I was going to go to Huddersfield. Okay. Um, on a on a free transfer. And then I think, and then, um, and then uh, the, the gaffer come in and said he wants to take me to Norwich. And then, because of the trouble between Colchester and Norwich, they all of a sudden said they wanted some money for me. <laughs> um, so I think he paid a, a little bit of money, absolutely, like literally, absolutely nothing, and and ended up going to to Norwich. And yeah, it, it was weird. Back. And I think because I think um, Daryl Russell played a lot as well the season before, and, and I think he. They had a problem with his contract, so they were looking for a player to play in the, you know, the base of a diamond, really. And and he thought I could do it, and it, it sort of just everything sort of aligned and come together. And I feel very, 
you know, very lucky and very grateful that it did. And, and I was able to, to join the club. David, that night in Portsmouth, we can't, we can't <laughs> do this podcast without talking to you about that night in Portsmouth. Your through ball to Simeon Jackson, it still lives on with Norwich fans today. Did, did you, do you realise now, looking back, how simply just like, uh, the only word to use is iconic, how I, that, that game is iconic. Do, do you realise the, 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 the power of that through ball and what, what that's done for Norwich City Football Club? Um, no, it's something I'm always reminded about, and you know, every every sort of every year it pops up on my Twitter feed somewhere, and it's, <laughs> it's six years ago to the day, seven years, and it always and it always crops up, and it always makes me smile. You know that 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 that, that happened, and that I I, pl- I could play a small part in it. Really, it was just a it was just an unbelievable night that that night at Portsmouth. I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever gone into a game. No, so confident that we were going to win. Like literally, I've never had a feeling like it that I, there was no way on earth we were not going to win that game because it was just that all the lads were. It was just you just had this feeling we we're on an unbelievable run. Um, Cardiff had lost just before, hadn't they? So there was just no way. There was no way we were going to get beaten. We should have been three or four nil up before then. Anyway, we missed we missed some decent chances that game, if I remember rightly. And yeah, it was just it was just a, a, a goal, probably that summed us up. Really, plenty of movement, plenty of interchanges of play, and then yeah, yeah I was I was lucky enough to to stick the ball in the back post, and, and I think Jacko was on a, on fire at, the, at that time, wasn't he? And everything he touched seemed to go in, and yeah, he he stuck it away and. Yeah, like I said, there was no way we were going to get beat. We we were we were on an absolute roll back then, and yeah, it was some some day, some night out, and some week afterwards. Yeah, Let, let's class. let's quickly delve into that night out, David. We don't have to go yeah. too much, but let's yeah. let's get the top level details. Was it just a few bars, or how did it? Go? Yeah, I think yeah, it was a weird one really because like we just ended up staying down, and what what do you do in, in Portsmouth and? <laughs> We all had our trackies on, and I, I can't remember. I can't remember. Someone knew someone. I don't know how. I think someone knew someone, and we managed to go out to a bar, and we were staying in there for a bit, and then we went back to the hotel, and and we had a few drinks in the hotel. It was. I remember it. Yeah, I remember it really well. Got a few pictures of like, glass of champagne, and sort of finally done it, and things like that, and had a laugh in the bar, and yeah, it, it was. It was. Yeah, it was all very surreal. You're getting lots of text messages, lots of phone calls, people you're not heard from for years, and <laughs> it was it was you'd made you'd made an impression on things, and yeah, it's no better feeling really. It was it was what we deserved. We, we were, you know we were, we were class that year, and it was absolutely what we deserved. And it was a great night for everyone back back down in Portsmouth, and yeah, it was it was brilliant. Flew back to Norwich the next day, and we how hungover were you that went, day? Yeah, yeah, I was struck. Yeah, so <laughs> went went back. Gave the wife a kiss, said hello to the kid, and went back out again. And that was it. That was just <laughs> went back to the riverside and started again with all the lads. It was just, and then I think, I think Paul Lambert said, I think we were, I think the game was on a Monday, something like that, and we had to be in on the Friday or the Thursday. We had one more game left, and he, I think he said something like, "I'm going to pick the so- most sober team I can," or something. <laughs> the, 11, the eleven most sober lads are going to play. So it was. Yeah, we had three or four days as, as you do, and just enjoyed it. Wow, you knew, you knew it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was life changing for for a lot of the lads. That was the best thing about it, really. It was, it was life changing for all of us. No one, no one had really been in the Premier League before. No one had really mm-hmm. had that 
Premier League career, even thought they'd get anywhere near it. There was just so many players like myself that had potted around Championship League One, and mm. you know, it was it was life changing for for all of us. And that's that was the best thing about it, really. Was that what it was about that squad, David, that made it so special? Because you speak about you know the confidence that you had going to that game at Portsmouth, and the, I, I, we hear a lot about how crucial confidence is. But was it the fact that the your your lives were literally being impacted that much by going up to the Prem because of the fact you were all lower league boys with all the love and respect in the world. You were, weren't you? There was no yeah, big yeah. time Charlies, was there? So was that the no. reason why that squad did so well? Yeah, definitely. You, you, you played for each other. You, you knew how much it meant to everyone. I, you know, I remember we'd, we'd sit, you know, Thursday afternoon or something, a couple of lads would come round and, I remember you just sit and you chat about it, and it was you, you knew what it meant to everyone. So I knew I knew that the lads it meant as much to, to all the every single person there as it did to myself. And that's rare that you get that sometimes. You know, you have people sometimes with their own agendas, and you know, can I get this move here, that move there? No, every, everyone at that time was just desperate to get promoted for the club and for themselves and for the teammates, and that's. It's very rare that you find that, and it's it's very rare that you you get an opportunity to to change people's lives. You, know, you speak to any of the lads and how their careers have progressed after that promotion, even if even if it wasn't in the Premier League for the next ten years, it, it certainly you know it's something if you've got on, you've got on your CV and it, it forges people's careers. And it was yeah, it, it was it was brilliant. It really was. It was you, very rare that you find that real collective group of boys that are all pulling in the same direction or wanting the same things and yeah we were, we were fortunate that, that we that that come about absolutely love that david and, and just before we get to the, the dizzy heights of the premier league of course there's there's one game that i want to talk about ipswich one norwich five yeah what was that day like because for for, for a fan that was one of the best demolition derbies we've been a part of the atmosphere in the away end was mental but but going yeah. into that game as a as a player with that squad what was it like for you yeah it was yeah it was massive because it you know you're in the real business end of the of the season and you know probably the last thing you want is a derby because you never know what's going to happen in those sort of games so you're always you know you're always worried about those sort of things but you know we absolutely battered them and I think my mate texted me. My mate was at Derby at the time, uh, you know, Sean Barker, my closest mate. And, and he, he said after that result, he knew we'd go up because he said, he, you know, you're thinking on paper, that's a tough game, Derby away from home, to, to, to go and just turn them over 5-1. And, you know, it was, yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's when a lot of people thought, hang on a minute, this is, this is going to happen here because... The lads are on such a roll, such confidence, and and it meant so much to everyone. You know, you've seen all the pictures, and I've still got a few pictures um, in in the scrapbook and things like that around the house of, of that day and the fans and the lads celebrating in front of the fans. It's it was it was massive for everyone, and you know, I think we all knew. You know, looking back now, I think you know you knew that something special was going on here because to rock up to to Portman Road like that and, and doing five is. Yeah, it was it was great. It really was a great night, and the fans, like I say, it's 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 really good for for the lads and you know the the boys that were there. It's you, you played a little small part in things that happened ten years ago that people still talk about, and you know it's a great feeling that you know, like you say, the the, the goal at Portsmouth, the 
the five one, the four one at Ipswich. People still talk about that sort of stuff now. And yeah. It's great that you you played that your your small part in that. You know, it's great that you still love and appreciate it. It's great to hear a former player that that's moved on now for for a few years to to still be so attached to to that emotion. They're up in the Premier League now. Let's mm. the, the, in terms of the opposition. Was the toughest you, opponent you played? Was it Manchester United for you in terms of your your personal story? Or I think that was that was the one I was looking forward to the most. That that um, Manu away was just it felt like must have been a pinch yourself sort of, moment for you, Dave. Yeah, it was. It felt like my career had sort of gone full circle. Really, you know, I remember sat at Old Trafford watching the first team when you're in the youth team watching them play in the Premier League, thinking, oh my God, I'm a million miles away from this. This is this is some, even the, the teams that went there, you know, these were top, top players that play in the Premier League. And you, and then you, you leave the club to go into League One and you think, that's me done now. That's I'm never getting back to this. So to walk out at Old Trafford, uh, you know, as a Premier League player, it was, it was probably the highlight of my career to, to think that, you know, I can't remember what was it have been. It would have been about, six, seven, eight years after I'd left the club to have worked my way back up to there again. I, I feel quite proud in that. And, you know, it was, it was a game that I'm sure a lot of the lads look forward to, you know, Old Trafford away from home. And we did all right that day, to be fair. I mean, we, we played we played well. We should have, I feel like we should have got something from that game. I think Pilks at the post at 1-0 and Wes had a good chance. I remember it. I remember it clear as day. We, we should have got something out of the game and, yeah, the, the fans certainly enjoyed the way we played back then, back in the Premier League. You know, I think 100%. we felt like we, I think we felt like we gave it a good go, and yeah, it was, it was, it was brilliant. I think the, you know, the the best thing about that really was, you know, the, the manager's mentality was he felt like we were as good as those players, and it was weird when you. Well, you think against it, he, what Giggs, Ferdinand, Rooney. Well, yeah, and, and and then if you get beat, he'd he'd have a go at you, and he'd get stuck into you, and he'd give you a balking because. You know, if he felt like he felt like I should be better than the Man U players, and you're thinking it's ridiculous, but that's what he was putting into you. That's the mentality he had. Is that well, you're on, you know, you're on the same pitch. You, you've got to, you've got to be better than them, and that was great. That's what the confidence that all the lads needed, really. You you speak, of course, of course, as expected, with, with such um, with such positivity about Paul Lambert, Foxy, um, but yeah. when it comes to Chris Hewton. 2012-13, you know, things, I think it's probably fair to say that you, you fell out of favour. That that must have been extremely frustrating for you in, in your career. Yeah, it was. It, it, yeah, it killed me really. You know, it, it was one of those things, your face doesn't fit. It's simple as that. I think it it happens in football. You know, it happened with a lot of us, to be fair. I weren't just the only one. There was a lot of other lads sort of shoved out the door as well fairly soon. Um and yeah, it does. It's it's still. Why it, did it, it hurts, fall out of favour under Chris Hutton, Fox? Because I, I don't every, know. Honestly, every it's, time we speak to someone, they say, "Oh, I didn't get on with Chris." Why was that? Because everyone thinks he's the nicest guy in football. Yeah, um, he was. He was all right as a fellow. He was. He, he was was what he was. He, you know, he, he 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 sort of didn't have a lot about him, but he he was what he was, and he, he just he 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 was very difficult because he'd come in. Normally, if you take over at a club, the team's struggling. The fans are struggling. You know, you need to come in and give everyone a lift. Whereas he was stepping into a club that were just had back-to-back promotions and a mid-table Premier League finish. So I think he was very, he was very nervous and very sort of. He wanted to put his own stamp on things very quickly because he was very intimidated by 
the old gaffer and everything that he'd done. You know, he took all the pictures down from the change from the training ground. You know, he was very, very intimidated by it, the whole thing, really. So he wanted to make his, he wanted to put a stamp, his own stamp on things, and he wanted to to get rid of a lot of the lads that had got the club to where they were, and he wanted to bring in sort of more established names mm. and established Premier League players that weren't really that bothered. Ricky Van Walswinkle, Leroy Fur. I mean, yeah, they, they, yeah, they were great lads, great lads, but. Didn't it, deliver. It, just, it, it didn't. It didn't have. It, it lost. It lost a lot of the heart. The sort of yeah, the heart, the soul, the the things that had got. Now I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying for one minute he needs. He should have played everyone and not brought anyone in. You know, he the, the club needed freshening up absolutely, but it had gone from a style and a, a philosophy of play and a philosophy of player and a type of person that was at the club. And it, it sort of completely shifted direction, and and it didn't and it didn't really work out. If I'm honest, you know, we had a we had a year staying up, but it, it weren't great. And I had, I had opportunities to leave quite a few times in in those two years, but he, he, for some reason he wouldn't let me go, and and I ended up just sort of sitting around and, and rotting away, really. And it it was a shame because you know it, I'm not saying it was you know I deserve some sort of unbelievable fa- you know farewell, but you sort of just. Sort of just peters out, and you disappear without anyone really knowing mm. what's going on. And it was just—it was just a shame how it happened. But you know, it's football; it's one of those things, and that's sort of just what happens, really. Very interesting to hear, indeed. They were very interesting. Um, what, what do you reckon of uh, you know what Norwich are doing now? You know, in the Premier League, Daniel Farker, group of young academy prospects coming through, all the Germans as the Norwich fans are, are seeing at the moment. Mm. What do you what do you make of the Norwich squad now, and how do you potentially compare that squad to to your squad in the Premier League? Yeah, I think. You know, I think you can see what they're trying to do. You know, the, the way they got promoted last season was was brilliant. Um, but it just seems it seems to be the club the club from the outside. It just seems to be falling into this bit of a yo yo thing at the minute. And it's you know they seem to be too good for the championship, but not quite finding that right formula to to have a sustained spell in the Premier League. You know, last time they were up, they went down straight away, and it just. The, the the gap is massive, you know. The gap from the Championship to the Premier League is huge. Um, but you know the, the way the club's moved on off the pitch since I've left, you know, the money that's been put in in infrastructure, training grounds, you know, it's a different it's a different club to the one I was at. Um, but it's just it's just finding that that balance between you know getting spending the money and getting real quality players in, but mm. you know not not chucking it all away like some clubs are done and it is it's a very tough one I, I don't I, it's, it's difficult it's difficult for the fans you know because I'm sure they'd want to see all these unbelievable new signings come in and for hundreds of millions to be spent but it's just not going to happen it, it never has and you know I, I don't think that's a bad thing I just think it's finding that right balance and, and you know it's, I don't think I don't think they're down for any stretch of the imagination at the minute it's going to be very tough I know that but it's difficult, you know, because it's hard to get out of the championship, and they did it so well last year. You just, you just love to see them to kick on again, you know. But it's, it's just not, it's not quite happened. Mm. I think they've been unfortunate with decisions, with injuries, with certainly with injuries. You know, I don't think they've had the best team out many times this season, and it kills you. You look at Sheffield United, you know, they're a different scale at the minute, but you know, they've had a lot of the, a lot of the players have played a lot, a lot of Stay games. Fit, yeah. 
stayed fit and it's it's it's, it's a real tough one and and you know I'm, I hope we can stay up I really do um, but it's, it's going to be tough and it always is in a Premier you, you basically you've got you've got five or six teams that the big hitters and, and the rest of them any of them can go down you know it's it's literally mm. any of them so it is it's tough it is tough David you you mentioned uh, a wee while back about you know the fact that you kind of left without really properly saying goodbye so you, I'm going to give you the opportunity now to say something because obviously there's a lot of Norwich fans listening now do you have a message for for those supporters um I, w- I won't say a message I just think you know I just appreciate how, how the good time you know the, the couple of years I did have you know were by far the best best spells of my career you know the, the championship season the you know the, the the year we had in the Premier League together. It was yeah, it was great, and the fans come every week, and it was brilliant. They, they I think they, they're aware of that, and it was it wasn't just me. You know, there was a lot of lads that that didn't that sort of took the club from its darkest sort of times and, and stuck them in the Premier League, really. And it's it's mad to think. I think Southampton did it a couple of years later, but I, I can't imagine for one minute that anyone's going to go from League One into the Premier League anytime soon. And, and um, yeah, it was just—it was just one of those things, you know. It happens. It doesn't doesn't dampen my feelings on the place. And I've been down there three or four times this season already. Watch games and been to the Old Trafford game. And yeah, I, I watch see how they get on every week. And yeah, I'm definitely definitely enjoy being a fan now and, and watching how they get on. Definitely, I love the fact you said you're a fan, now, David. That's made <laughs> my night. No, I think I think so a lot. Much. I think a lot of the lads. I think a lot of the lads are. You know, a lot of the lads you speak to still look to see how they get on. It's, it's part and parcel now, isn't it? Love to hear it, David. David, that's all we've actually got time for in this episode. But I would just like to say a huge, massive thank you to you, and of course, all the Norwich fans that are watching and, and listening around the world right now. If you've enjoyed this one, don't forget to to of course give us a five star review if you've been so kind on uh, on all of the the relevant channels, and make sure, of course, that you're following at Talk Norwich City on social media for the best city content on the internet. Finally, there's only one thing left to say. Do you know what that is, David? On the Bull City. On the Bull City. Cheers, David.